0: If you haven't watched Drink Masters on Netflix yet, the show where multiple bartenders from around the United States and Canada compete to be the ultimate drink master, we'll have you know there's some spoilers ahead. We get to speak with Lauren Paler O'Brien, who goes by LP for short about some of her experiences before the show, building an empire for wellness, a consulting brand, and some of her earlier roles through hospitality, including Justin's own Smokehouse Tailgate Grill. But first, have you heard the good word about Toast? The most successful restaurants run on Toast, one platform to power your restaurant. Take control with tools to manage changing industry trends and guest expectations. Toast is simply built to make your life easier and your restaurant better. Consider switching your POS? Let us put $500 in your pocket. That's right, $500 when you switch to Toast using our link in the show notes. Toast works in bars and nightclubs as well as food trucks and coffee shops. Toast has no boundaries, which is why we suggest moving over to the better POS today. Click below in the show notes to let us help you make the switch to Toast today. It's waiting on fries. That you don't get it? You don't what do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully
1: the customer never hears waiting on fries, but all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed and then you're like ready to go. (laughs) I
0: forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back 10 minutes the
2: Exactly. And all my wanna ride today. That's right. And all
0: these look bad today. And all we wanna
1: do is get bad today. Hey, we're to have a good day. ain't ain't nobody we to have a But, yeah, I actually... I have always noticed that every biography you put out there, never, I
2: never, never I'm adding Smokehouse, Tailgate
3: Grill as an occupation that I still have. End date, none. Exactly. Yeah. Still you're, working, occup- you're working
2: tonight. It's whenever to the present. It's fine.
3: You know what? I'll add it to the LinkedIn today.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, like I'll.
0: Serious question though, too, it's like, where are all these places that you've kind of been through that have now crafted you to who you are today? And sure, we just discussed earlier years with Smokehouse here. However, w- what happened after Smokehouse to start letting you know how to or do before, all, these, yeah, and before Smokehouse. Cold, all these cold infusions, hot infusions, you know, ISI, sous vide things?
3: It's all, all words I don't understand. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because it was because of Smokehouse that I really knew exactly what I wanted to do and how I wanted to deviate from what I was doing. One of the best experiences, hands down, not just saying that because Justin's looking at me. <laughs> um, truly one of the best experiences in the the cocktail world that I had because it was a space that really allowed everyone to be creative um, and, you know, support us and encouraged us in every capacity. And quite honestly, it's funny because thinking back to it, it was like, yeah, you can't work tonight. That's totally fine. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, so like psychologically safe and like supportive. And it was like, I've never worked at a place that was like, I've got you, you know? Um, but yeah, so working there, it was 2016. It was a couple of months. Call it a summer internship. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Um, and uh, really good friends with Maeve, who I went to high school with. And I was like, hey, I'm going to be coming back home. I need a job. I see you working at this place. What do you think? And she goes, 100%. So I sat down and interviewed with Justin and Mike.
0: I love that such a New York thing, too. Just It was probably even an emoji that just said
1: 100% on it. <laughs> yeah. Got you, It was girl. like, 100. Hun- 100. Hundred. Um, What's funny is I remember Maeve even asking me, because she's so subtle about like her approach to this stuff yeah she's like I have, a, I have a friend that might need a spot what do you think and i was like sure just bring yeah. it, bring it, it come right. by. was like whatever <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay
0: and and of course from all these episodes we know that justin does all of his interviews at tuesday at 12 noon to <laughs> yeah. two o'clock i don't think we don't really we make it that time
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah i definitely wasn't that organized back then yeah. okay fair. Yeah. now i'm on a much stricter schedule
0: So you left, though. You left Smokehouse after this was, you know, building into its kind of 2.0 form where now we have a liquor license, and we're starting to build out a bar team, and we built a second Smokehouse specifically with a bar built intentionally with purpose. And you leave. The summer internship's complete,
3: and you go back
1: to
0: school. We knew, we knew she was,
1: it wasn't like, you know. Oh,
0: it wasn't me, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Justin.
3: Yeah, it was understood. Actually, it was one of the one of those jobs that certainly prompted me to be like very honest to employers, like, hey, I really want this job and I need to let you know that there's like an expiration date on it. Um, but again, very supportive and yeah, I'm like in, we're obviously sitting in the space and it's gorgeous and I'm a little jealous that this is not a bar that I was working at, you know. That's <laughs> I'm a little salty about it, just gotta say. But it's amazing. I'm I'm so happy for y'all.
1: You can say you had a part in building it
0: though.
3: Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah,
0: for sure. So where'd you go, though?
3: Uh, So post Smokehouse, I worked at um, some Michelin star spots. I started running bar programs all over D.C., uh, one that was focused on coffee, one that was focused on, you know, very summer um, vibe and drinks. Uh, And then the latest job I had was at Silver Lion in D.C. as the R&D production chef, which was completely different. Um, very like culinary focused, very molecular gastronomy focused, um, and challenged me in ways that I didn't even realize I'd be challenged when, you know, venturing into food and beverage. I mean, I went to nursing school. You know, like
0: it's it just it's somebody out there was like, "What the hell did you do? <laughs> Why'd you go this direction?" Well, you know what? There, there's so many
1: like common threads between nursing school and the hospitality business. Yeah. In fact, like. How many of our staff that were servers and bartenders were going to nursing school at the same time? There's a lot of you know, it's like tequila and bourbon, right? You know, and Yayo and Bourbon. There's some
2: there's some I mean It's, a, it's service industry and so there's standards yeah. of service on both sides of it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But this was way more fun. <laughs> for those
2: for those that
0: don't maybe understand, uh, because we've listeners from all over the nation and everyone's markets are super different. What is the D.C. market kind of like in the cocktail world and scene? And it's crazy, too, because you weren't the only one from D.C. on Drink Masters.
3: Yeah. Oh, man. Drink Masters. What an experience. Uh, Yeah. So Capri Robinson, shout out to her. She's actually in New York right now. Nice. We just had an event last night. Um, But yeah, two two black women from D.C. repping on a show. I was so hyped about that. I didn't even know she was on the show until I got there. (laughs) And so I was like, what? What's going on? Um, D.C. is, you know, D.C. is a great space. I mean, historically known as Chocolate City. Um, really, really, you know, versatile as far as, like, style of bartender. We're talking different cultures, obviously, races, religions, beliefs, etc. Um, the food and beverage industry specifically is so special because it's so community driven. We, um, we have some really amazing up-and-coming bartenders specifically that I get the pleasure to work with with the stuff that I do and uh, just co-hosted you know, uh, hosted or assisted in doing something called the DMV Black Restaurant Week Bartenders Competition where I gave everyone a challenge of making no and low ABV drinks and what they came up with and their stories were so inspiring and so yeah we're not on the come up we're here we've been here come visit say hello um, I, it's a nice cross between, obviously, a very new space, but it, it has a lot of things about it that reminds me of New York. Hence, why I've been there so long. But every time I come back home, I'm like, why do I live <laughs> in Duxbury? Uh huh. The first
0: thing
3: that
0: goes through my mind is why? where did that come from? Because we're not used to this necessarily. Yeah. and Now, post-pandemic, things are a little bit different too, and everyone's looking for these new resets and. Not only that, but there's so many different places around the world that have these, obviously, information is very accessible to us because of Instagram and computers and all this. So you see these like little communities popping up where they're challenging each other within their communities to push drink culture and hospitality even further. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to see this. So when you were down then in D.C. too, and how you're saying that you're dealing with a lot of molecular yeah. astronomy what kind of things were you doing? Because I did take a tour through Instagram and I did see a little wiggle wiggle cake.
3: uh, (laughs) I wish I made that jello cake. I didn't. We ordered that. But it's cool, right? Um, Yeah, so some of the stuff that I I had the pleasure of doing is making, uh, you know, spherification, which is way too complex to explain on this podcast. Uh, Stay tuned for part two. Uh, (laughs) But uh, doing things that honestly require such a, a vast understanding of science able to execute them but they're so um ingrained in culinary techniques that it really was cool you're gonna spend some time working with our savory and our pastry chef and then we're gonna recommend all of these books and if you have questions we're here to help but it was really like you know fly free and the world is your oyster we had this beautiful kitchen that i could take advantage of and um definitely a very collaborative process with the entire team from the top down like focused on education that was shared not just you know gate, gate caps. exactly yeah. like I, it's not that's not a good vibe right you want everyone to be able i don't want to be looking down at people i want them to know exactly what i know and to be able to push that in a way where they can continue to learn more than i know um so it's really cool i mean if you've seen drink masters and if you haven't, I'm sorry, spoiler alert, but I like definitely made a baked Alaska in the finale. (laughs) And that was not something I ever would have done before. So um, yeah, it it, it does matter what you put in your cocktail, what you're putting in your drink. Yeah. Baked Alaska is cool, but it really is about how you make people feel and the stories that you're really, you know, choosing to share with your audience. I think that's, that's the most important part.
2: When you were making that baked Alaska, were you thinking about that s'mores jar from Smokey? It was. All right. I, I actually take it was.
3: It's okay, y'all. We were talking <laughs> about this earlier. There's this delicious dessert. I don't know who made it. I did. Okay, who made it? <laughs> that shit was fire. Like dead ass. There we it go. was fire.
2: And it inspired the uh, finale. <laughs> yeah, of and Masters. you know what?
3: Well, it was, it, in, it certainly and most definitely inspired my finale <laughs> baked Alaska.
2: <laughs> I wanna circle
0: back to some things in a little bit, but jump into a little bit of Drink Masters first, and because you've been very busy, and uh, you know, things like LP Drinks Co, and the focus on Health Org. We're gonna talk about these in a bit, but the timeline accelerates so much more when you know that you've been crowned the Drink Master, right? So now you just go from 100% to 150% acceleration because you know it's time. Get the websites up. Get everything running. Make it all work. This is capitalization time, right? Yeah, you asked, and, me, you asked me when do I sleep.
3: That's <laughs> fair. And I, there's
0: no choice, though, when you're in something like this.
3: Yeah, and you know it's funny because you don't really know what to do until you're in it. There are things I'm like, man, I, I, I had a year to do this, and I didn't even think of doing it. So it's certainly a, a, a learning experience. Um, uh, balance is so important for me. So I have periods of time where I just cut my phone off. Um, I, I'm lucky that I have a great team of people behind me who have really guided me. I mean, subject matter experts and collaboration is where it's at. Like I am a bartender and a <laughs> business owner and I can own that, but there are certainly things I don't know about deductions and taxes and, you know, all of those more nuanced Things. I have an attorney. Like I have to hire people to be able to help me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to get my stuff done. Say all that to say, um, it's different. It's very (laughs) different. Um I'm I'm super, super humbled by this because it allows me to realize the world is very big and I am just one person in it. However, impact is huge, right? Um so yeah, I'm just I'm riding the wave.
0: The uh we had a podcast episode of quite a few back in which we were talking about ice cream and uh, he let the new guy do the vanilla ice cream and something's right or out of your hand because you don't necessarily know about them or you don't have the time where you say all right let's distribute the tasks evenly so you can accomplish what needs to be accomplished and I guess one of those tasks was distributed to the new guy to do the vanilla ice cream and with real vanilla bean and he said yeah, that was like a, what was it? It was like 200 bucks of vanilla just down the drain. Vanilla super lane. expensive. Yeah. Which like having that ability to have to be able to trust people to handle their own and do what they need to do to help you move forward further and accomplish, you know, the main goals and the tasks too is I think something that comes from growth where at some point, you know, somebody's going to drop a ball, but it's like, all right, we'll figure it out. That's how Yeah, we'll dirty. figure it
3: out. I mean, it, it has to happen. It's a learning experience for everyone involved. Um... Yeah.
0: So here it is. It's Drink Masters. You uh, fill out an application or you respond to a call and uh, you say, I'll go on a drink TV show. Sure. You know nothing about it because they don't tell you anything about it. You just have to make it through the first couple interviews. You made it through the first one, which was the easy one. Were you there? How do you know (laughs) this? I actually went out for Diddy's, like worked for Diddy back then and (laughs) I made it to like the third interview and they were like, do you want to do this? And I was like... I'd be alright if we do it. And also, I don't really care if I don't do it. Like, I'm in, you know, I sit in the middle. What do you want? Like, I don't care. Is it gonna be better in my life or is it gonna be fun for a little bit and that's it? And that's where the interviews ended. But yeah. and that's where the interview ended. They're like, guy, he doesn't really want it. And I was like, Alright, just go back to bartending. Uh, but sure enough, so the interview process, some of the things that they ask you from step one. Yeah. Might be do you get offended when somebody does something to you, because they're yeah, looking for they're, some dramatics. it's traumatics. a vibe
3: check, it's yeah. a vibe check for sure. I mean, they're filling you out, they want to get to know you and, I mean, for me, it's funny, because I'm thinking back, I was so fixated on, this is a competition, I'm gonna showcase like, what I can do. I wasn't thinking about the prize money, I totally wasn't thinking about the fact that it was on global television. It wasn't honestly until after the show came out that I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is on TV. Um, and so for me, it was like, all right, cool. This is an interview, right? Like, I'm going to go in and showcase myself to the best of my ability, be very authentic to who I am, stay true to, you know, my voice, my missions, my values. They like me, cool. If not, then it wasn't something that was meant for me. It wasn't aligned with what I was supposed to do. So, um, yeah, they they do their vibe check. Um, they, you know, they want you to showcase what you do from a, cocktail standpoint so you present you know a cocktail or two and then they make their decision and you know you're in or you're not
0: was this via zoom or face yeah this was like virtual for sure okay yeah, yeah. yeah which makes it so much easier and cost efficient too when you're looking well, for their side right? but it's kind of hard
2: when you're being interviewed for something like that over zoom because i went through some of that process for chop But, like, they tell you, you got to look up at the camera, don't look at us, and then they'll make you repeat phrases over and over and over again because they're recording it for the producers. So producers are going to watch the recording later and then make their final decision on you. So it's it's a little bit weird of a process.
3: Yeah, it's interesting because, again, you go into this, or at least I did, I can't speak for anyone else. I went into this thinking it's a competition, but it's TV. So, yeah, you're repeating things, you're doing things again. You are, you know, recording.
2: And you're acting a little bit over the top just so you have a TV
3: personality. No, like. I definitely didn't do that. Oh. I looked back and I was like, damn, I look mean. <laughs> I, mean I should have, like, smiled a little but bit. But that, that
2: probably worked for the competition because they, they want your personality. I was so there.
3: focused. I actually got a message that was like, you won. I don't know why. <laughs> you were so mean. I was like, I just didn't smile. <laughs> I was competing. I was in the zone. I think...
0: Uh, Did you run into any of these people prior to the show? In their The competitors. Correct.
3: Yeah, I knew some of them. I knew some of them beforehand. Um, And then others I didn't like know on a personal level, but I knew their names. so.
0: So, and it feels like, especially after running around New York City all day long too, there's like, there's such camaraderie as far as the bartending scene goes. With everybody that owns their spaces mm-hmm. they're really there yeah they're not just you know fly-by-night bartender that jumps from bar to bar and these guys all know each other from long term i mean you're here in new york i'm sure maybe you stop and go see julie's new space at yeah Malady, i'm gonna try beautiful. to go to but, me
3: ladies but
0: you know you pop in and you know all these people left and right and you knew capri yeah from dc mm-hmm. as it is i guess a smaller market too where you sh- kind of should know everybody in your homes. But it's funny too looking at it from this scene of the outside watching the show where consistently you're just like, a oh, P just keeps her head down. She's not messing yeah. around with anybody. <laughs> she's just focused, she's focused, she's focused. Where some of the older people on that show that have been around the block a little bit too, they're like, This it's a competition, but also like well, I'm just gonna have fun with it and it is what it is, which I think a lot of our personalities are in the real yeah. world.
3: You know, it's, it's interesting because, again, I, I don't know what was going on in their heads respectively, but I I was so focused on what I was doing that I oh, I often forgot that I was on TV. <laughs> and I don't know, I mean, I think it worked in my favor. Definitely did. But uh, looking back, I, I wish I would have, like, turned my lip up sometimes and, like, smiled, <laughs> you know? and
0: <laughs> Do you have a little Irish in you? No. It's, the O'Brien is just there.
3: My my husband's last name is O'Brien. Got yeah, it. Yeah, because
0: yeah. Uh, being in New York is it, it's Irish, own and you ran. You wouldn't even
3: know. Everyone's everything.
0: Correct. We're
3: Afro-Latino over here.
0: The way they work though, <laughs> the oh Irish is keep your head down and just keep going yeah. forward. Just, I don't care what's happening. It's just blinders to the
1: side. And, you yeah. Know, yeah. It's, it's 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 funny too because we're talking about like the personalities and how they put everybody together. And I was talking to Mike and I said, you know, what would have been good for the show? if they just had one of the like one of these like irish pub bartenders <laughs> yeah. just on the show so every time they go to like something and you could see someone kind of go up like you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm be like i'll make a margarita here <laughs> here you go
3: the <laughs> yeah the thing i thought was really cool was the versatility of bartender uh like obviously natalie's an at-home bartender i, I, I personally love that they um they displayed like hey the, the traditional definition of bartender is actually not a thing that kind of matters anymore Right? I don't work behind a bar. Um, I have a consulting and event production business. I have a health and wellness advocacy business. And my last job was in a kitchen. So it was really cool to kind of represent different styles of bartenders that exist.
0: It was also very interesting though to see uh, them bring Natalie on. Who runs the beautiful booze uh, social account on Instagram, which has a ton of followers, obviously? And you know, visibility is important when you're putting together a show, and you want to have people that are pillars of their community because this is where the viewership comes from. And furthermore, too, to see her come on and understand that you know some of us know or have been taught these classic techniques, and we know the specs on a lot of the classics, and you know the classics are kind of like this algebraic formula where as long as you understand those specs of ounces yeah. in a cocktail you're kind of limitless into the riffs that you can mm-hmm. create on them and without almost tasting it sometimes if you're in some high volume speed you might be safe with what you just assumed 100 as uh, which makes it work so having natalie come in there where she has maybe remembered some of these specs from drinks that she's made throughout her account Eventually, and I'm sure now everybody's seen this, if not earmuffs, spoiler alert here, she does get eliminated because it can only take you so far without that real-world experience. And I think that the show did a really good job at showcasing the fact that there is a difference between, you know, somebody who may be a home bartender versus somebody who is in the thick of this doing it and consistently pushing themselves amongst their peers.
3: Yeah. I also think it's important to understand that, like, this was a lived experience for all of us respectively being on the show, and what you see is 40 minutes, but what we were there is significantly longer, right? So um, it's stressful. It's like, you know, I, I, I mean, we all saw it in that black and white episode for me. I oh, you know, I'll talk about this a little bit. I was so fixated on the fact that I was eliminated. I legit was just moving, but not thinking. I mean, they cut this, but I was like, there is no way I could give Julie Reiner a drink that looks like Pepto Bismol. I am throwing (laughs) all of this away. I was like, I don't know if a drink is going to be made in 15 minutes, but we're going to figure it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and remind me, though, I think that was a pivot, though.
3: Oh, it was totally Uh, a pivot.
0: And it it had to be done because it needed to be done in 15 minutes. Can you
3: imagine Julie's face if I served her a drink that looked like Pepto Bismol? Yeah.
0: I mean, Julie's role also, I feel like... And she like,
3: probably would have said that, too. <laughs> Correct. That's, that's her role, you know? Yeah,
0: she's much more pleasant in person, too. <laughs> I love her. But she's on the judging stand consistently. But like, she's a judge. That's her job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: I'm here for that. I mean, if I was judging me, I would have said... That's the first thing I would have said, yeah. you know? She was,
0: tough.
1: she was tough. I was like, I watched a couple episodes. I was yeah. like, all right, she's she's giving the real take care.
3: Yeah. I mean, as she should. That is yeah. her job. And I think the thing that I love about Julie and respect about Julie is that, like she's giving you concrete tips that you can actually take away and implement like she wouldn't just say hey your drink looks like pepto this hey i would have done this or hey like what was your th-? and i appreciate her for doing that and
0: i i mean you need to have that as well and also uh, frankie that episode,
1: so that episode i will say because Mike spoiled i already knew but had I been watching that episode not knowing already what happened, that would have been the one time I was watching I was like, Oh, this might this might this be this might be it. This might be it. But unfortunately Mike spoiled it, so I was
0: like <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Sorry. I'm sorry I cut you off. You spoiled it for me also. And then I spoiled it for Kate. Because I didn't really think in my head I said, you it doesn't yeah. matter who wins. I was like, I'm just watching it to see technique and see what people I love present. that you say
3: that because it does not matter who wins. And for me, and I've said that a little bit in the, the beginning, but the thing that was so important was acknowledging that this was the first time a beverage show on a global platform was being delivered and showcased. And I wanted to be a part of really focusing on advocating for a less transactional experience with you know guests and bartenders and Giving them an opportunity to see what we do on the back end to appreciate it a bit more because cooking shows do that, they do a great job at that. You know, you get the end result, you are not in the kitchen, you don't see what goes, you know, even with an open kitchen, you don't really see the prep that goes into it. So, there were some comments that were like, Oh, 90 minute cocktail, it's like, okay, come on, <laughs> the end result is what you receive. We would never do that. This was our opportunity to showcase
2: the full the, process, the
3: full process. And no, this is not what you would get at your typical bar this is a very different style of bartender but as complex as it was it was really cool to be able to be like as complex as it was it was really cool to be like you know this is what we do right um more importantly i think it was really cool that we had so many bartenders who do things outside of bartending like capri owns chocolate city's best and we have bar owners and we have consultants and we have you know natalie with beautiful views that's her business you know um, and they all have such amazing missions and values that always give back the, the community in some capacity. So it was really dope to be a part of that.
0: I think that also kind of it just reigns true to the bar world in general, where you know, me coming into bartending, going from a what I consider a well-oiled gear of a national brand which taught basics of things at no cost, really, and you made money along the way, which was awesome, to then move over to somewhere that is a high-volume college party bar where speed is everything, to then move over to start learning more so about cocktails in a more finer dining type of establishment that had a decent cocktail program, too, to create that well-roundness. You know, you're working all the time to try to educate yourself, I think, a little bit more But on the outside, you're still always like building something for yourself. And And that's
3: it. And I think that what you just said is important because for me, it's like, let's take the pretentiousness out of this, right? Like if I want to be a molecular gastronomy bartender, let me live, right? Like if I want to work at a dive bar and I'm really good, then let me live. Who cares? What matters is you chose to come to my space. You chose to spend money. My job is to give you an amazing experience. And I expect that reciprocity, right? Does not matter what I do. Does not matter what my background is. I mean, that's why it's so cool because not every bartender is the same. They're they're so different.
1: We'll take. Uh, but take, we have essentially the same end goal. Yes. Right. Yeah. So most exactly. most of the time. Uh, and and, and, <laughs> and take, it's funny to tell. Like, sorry, I'm cutting you off,
0: but no, you no, no. Tell right. me things.
1: Like you. We were just talking about how long it how long it takes. And we all 90 minutes to make a cocktail, but you kind of appreciate even even in the most basic setup, right? Like you go behind the bar, basic bar setup, you need lime juice, lemon juice, simple, maybe agave syrup, like whatever else, Yeah. setup. Okay, it takes a minute for you to make a margarita during service, but it's still, whoever that bartender set up the bar, you gotta squeeze the limes, gotta squeeze the lemons, mm-hmm. you're still taking a, an hour at yeah. least of setup every time. So every margarita you order still has that much build behind yeah. it, it's just the immediate fire is, just a couple of a minutes. minute, right? Yeah. But, you, yeah, no one goes, okay. Exactly. His, his bartender came in at 9.30 and got everything ready for the whole day just so that you can have a margarita in 45 seconds. Exactly, yeah.
3: exactly. There's so much prep that goes into it.
0: I think, like, you know, we, we are here in New York, and there is so much volume throughout the New York City market, too, where I think if you go back some years you see everybody just making every drink to order, just like, oh, it's ordered, here comes the chit, you know, it's service well, I'm making it right there the same way I'd make it everywhere else. And I think as time has gone on, we've kind of created ways to make things a little bit smoother and easier by batching almost as much as we could. And And I love
3: it. And some of the best bars in the entire world are batching. So that, you know, common misconception was like, oh, well, if it's batched, it's not fresh is so untrue because you as you know you all know like we're leaving things that would spoil out we're not putting vermouths in the batch if there's not a high proof spirit we're not putting citrus in a batch unless it's for the day of the event and that's it you know we're taking care and consideration into every step because our goal is to give you the best quality product
0: correct and and even to build upon that too Somebody saying at the bar, they should have their drink built out for them fresh, I think, in my opinion at least, because now the cost of cocktails in New York City is $25, $22 in a lot of places. It's, crazy. it's up there at this point, where now it's crazy. Yeah, welcome welcome home. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it's in, It's inflation mostly, but yeah. Uh, but nonetheless we're still we're still under fifteen. So somebody 15. somebody paying these dollar amounts to sit at a bar, they wanna see the love and heart for sure drink. Now if it's service, cool. Have the batch cocktail go out because people want their drinks faster and they're not really there to see it being yeah. made.
3: Well to counter that point. Mm. What's interesting about that is that even if you're batching your cocktails there still are two or three touches. So they are still getting the bartending experience. In those instances, of course, if they're just picking up one bottle and pouring it, and then <laughs> that's your drink, yeah, that'd be a little weird, right? So I do think that's really important to take into consideration because there is a theatrical element. Like, again, people can sit at home and drink, but they're coming, and when they're sitting at the bar, there's specifically, there's an expectation of some sort of you know, service and experience element, yeah. right?
1: I think we want a batch to get down to like three or four steps. Yeah, three you or know, four touches. You don't want to get down to, like you said, just everything's done. There you go. Yeah. Although I'm contradicting myself because I batch whole cocktails yeah. and put them on tap. So. Well, like, once that, yeah, well, <laughs> that's, 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 that's consistency different. Consistency that, and also efficiency. Right. And also,
3: if it's coming out of a keg, that's also a, a, an experience, right? It's, it's like, to, yeah. talk, that's a talk. That's talking point with that yeah. gas. But yeah, like personally, if I had a bar, I wouldn't be batching an old-fashioned, right? That's three steps. Yeah. Two steps. That you're in a store, that you're right. simple, that you're... And it doesn't make sense to do that, um, in my opinion, if for the bar that I don't have <laughs> in my head. <laughs> no,
0: but it, it exists because you, you do it so often and you look at it where, you know, my role through the day is sitting in bars and watching bartenders. And it's funny, too, because you... What's the saying about, like, if you can't do it, teach
2: it? Those who can't do, teach.
0: Yeah, and it feels like that a lot of times now in this point too because I haven't stepped behind the bar, but I'm watching everybody for the last, I don't know, year and a half, almost what feels like almost two years, make drinks in the highest caliber of bars throughout the city Mm -hmm. where you just take the techniques in, you take the techniques in, you take the techniques in, and then you go somewhere else where maybe the knowledge base isn't really as advanced yet or it's not just quite there. They haven't been shown how to do something in a more efficient or proper way, I guess I could say with air quotes. Yeah. Um and when you see it you go, oh, that's not how that's done. No. And mm-hmm. it it I think we've come such a long way with like the education side of things because now things like the show we're here, which are going to get more bartenders involved to be like, wait And of all the new
3: bartenders, right? And that it's
0: a whole nother thing in yeah. itself. The amount of people that have left this world through the pandemic because they said they need healthcare or whatever else is available to us, understandable. Yeah. But then I come sitting in bars, too, where somebody's like, well, I was a research analyst at a firm. <laughs> and I go, so you said let's just go to the bar and start bartending now instead with zero history or background. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, whereas, you know, I think it's amazing. Yeah. I think rotation.
3: it's amazing. But, yeah, going back to that education point, it's so important. The the other thing, too, is, like, again, going back to the no pretension, if something works for a space, like, let them, let them live, as I've been saying. Um, and I think it's really – important for everyone within the space not just management to take responsibility for the ways that they can continue to advance and refine and you know like be, be- essentially be, be better, better yeah. yeah
0: can we talk about the harmful pieces of this show though also and i mean this semi jokingly of course hmm. how many how many people are going to be running into bars all over the us <laughs> screaming about air <laughs> bring on the air
3: It'll be a really interesting thing that's brought up for sure. I, it's, it's hard for me to say because I don't work in a bar, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think if anything, it'll it'll certainly get folks excited about bar programs, which is my hope. I hope that, you know, somebody picks up a menu and they're like, oh, man, I know what a clarified milk punch is now. I really want to order that. Talk me through, you know, talk me through what you do. Um, I'm excited about that. My husband doesn't work in food and beverage and you know, he pointed out some some. It's probably really
0: good for your relationship by it's, the way.
3: It's been amazing. He's my unofficial <laughs> manager, we love it. Um, but yeah, he's like, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how these things excite people, which it seems like it, it is. So I think what we've accomplished that goal for sure.
1: What's more is you're gonna see a, not so much people looking for it, but Bar programs start incorporating those, like, okay, let's put that on to yeah. our menu. So you'll see, like, the so stuff you can be an inspiration for people, for yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, and trend. Air
3: is coming to Smokehouse Tailgate Grill near maybe you. Maybe it'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the, or the, uh,
1: the, uh, the caviar. Yeah. Ones, you know? Yeah. Maybe it'll kill out the spagliato thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, well,
1: no, please, for, for the Wait. sake.
3: <laughs> Negroni spagliato with for a second. Prosecco (laughs) with
0: Prosecco. Uh, I hope that continues lasting. I actually
3: really like... But here's the thing. Everyone was hating on that. They're like, oh my God, I have to make this drink. I think it's cool. It's a great way to talk to people about what that cocktail is. Well, a
0: year prior ordering it in bars all over the place, you see a bartender tear off to go look at the specs on it on the phone real quick and then come back and make it. And I go, every single time. And now it's just... I can safely just do what I was doing and just get my drink, it's great. And also furthermore, we did definitely see a spike in the sales of Carpano Antica. Oh my Uh, gosh, And yeah. For me, bonus structure, that's great, I'm here for it. Uh, So let that ride a little bit longer, I wish we did some variance on the show of that. But now you've had to stay quiet though, for a full year, you sign NDAs, can't say a word, which is I think the hardest part. I just won the lottery and I can't tell a soul. Yep.
3: You know what's funny? There's a meme that was going around. It was like, if I won the lotto, you would know. And it's, um, I forget what the picture. Oh, it's top ramen with like a big lobster oh, with a giant in it. Lobster in it. <laughs> I was like, basically eating my top ramen for a year with lobster in it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so in this time period, though, you're, you're still busy. And now you accelerate a little bit faster yeah. because, yes, we have to capitalize on what you know is about to happen in one year's time. Uh, and that's of course the release of the show and then being, you know, nationally recognized, if not globally, depending on, you know, where Netflix has pushed this out
3: over a hundred countries.
0: Yeah. it's epic. Awesome. Crazy. You don't need a VPN. You could just watch it wherever you are. <laughs> it's phenomenal. <laughs> um, but now on top of this, you've already been doing the LP drinks company, right? Uh, which I noticed was very interesting because it was a .org and not a .com.
3: Mm-hmm. Because that was the only thing available.
0: There wasn't lpdrinks.com? No. Wow. I wouldn't have expected that to happen. I didn't even <laughs> go to the dot com to check. Honestly. So I just
3: standardized everything I have, fohealth.org, lpdrinks.org.
0: Okay. Yeah. So and the LP Drinks Co. essentially is focused on the events, yeah. brand strategies, including activations, cocktails, photography, yeah. activations, both on and off-premise.
3: Yeah. So the whole point of starting LP Drinks Co. Um, six years ago was how can I... Focus on education and storytelling in a way that provides an elevated experience. Um, It's evolved for what I offer for sure, but um, right now I'm really focusing on consulting with bars and restaurants, education of bartenders, and then event production. Um, You know, weddings, birthday parties, all that kind of larger scale events, Um, but always with a story and always with an opportunity again, a talking piece, an element, an air, a phone, whichever, but something that. Entices them to be like, whoa, wow, what is that? Um, and a story associated or attached with it that really just provides them a bit of information about a Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco, or you know, about African American culture and, and that integration into you know what the end results of that became. So it's been really cool. It's been fun. Certainly a lot busier now than I was <laughs> three weeks ago. There we go. Um, which is not a bad thing. Hey, if you wanna, if you want a book, www.lpdrinks.org um but yeah i think uh it'll be really interesting to see how it continues to evolve i have a really good friend who said if she ever wrote a book her forward would say i hope this book is not no longer relevant in five years and i I feel the same way it's like i don't want to do the same stuff i was doing before um there should be evolution there should be change because this industry is probably one of the fastest things that changes every single day
0: and it does change fast, but it does change in slow mode to some extent. Yeah, when you look sure. at the way the trends work, and you know, it's the biggest difference is trends and fads. And I definitely went out to an interview at some point post COVID. So we were looking for big square footage spaces because that's how you could get the most people in one single room. So therefore, you could pay your bills because that's how money comes in volume. Uh, and I sat down with this interview, and the guy was pretty young, and I offended him a little bit unintentionally, but he was big on the bubble gun and And he was big on the bubble bubble gun gun. and i said listen i i've
1: heard this he said what
0: do you he goes what do you like i go a negroni just a basic negroni with Antica." and sure enough i said to him i'm a minimalist and i really do like everything being as minimal as possible and there's so much you could do with the negroni that can take it to a different level without it looking any different than it does. Oh yeah,
3: you can fat wash the you know base spirit and coconut coconut fat wash, coconut oil, <laughs> and then infuse some strawberry and Campari and boom, you got a completely yep. different Negroni. Or you could
0: have a dark chocolate Negroni by yeah. infusing chocolate chip to it. Yeah. It's like, there's so many ways to take it. And I said, the bubble gun? I said, I know you're using it a lot. I'll use whatever we have to use, obviously, for the cocktails, I'm here for a job. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, I said, it's a fad, I think. And I don't know what the long-term viability is of a machine that makes bubbles versus if you could figure out how to make the bubbles yourself with a string. Now that to me is like a whole different thing. Oh, you didn't use a piece of technology for it. You made it from scratch by, you know, tying a rope and flaring it into the air and then cutting the rope off to make your bubble and here now it sits on the thing. That's way more impressive and takes yeah. a little bit of talent than being like, squeeze the button, that's it. So, needless to say, I didn't get the job. You know,
3: <laughs> um, I remember you. You were wondering I t- about why you I didn't get the job. I totally for a while, too. expected you to, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was for the better, of course.
0: But yes, uh, these trends that occur, and that's why I say earlier too about the air. Now, you know, you see people, and now bartenders in different regions that have smaller markets, they might say, oh, should we be doing this? Should we yeah. be making air in all their cocktails?
3: It's complicated, right? Because there are spaces that are known for that. So if it, I would say if it aligns with their goals, their mission, their concept, absolutely. And there are places that do it really well. Um, I, I'd say if you are looking for a good cocktail, that there are plenty of places you can get it without those foams and those airs and those bubbles. It just depends on the experience you want as well. It's kind of like choose your own adventure. but. I think, again, that versatility is so awesome because you can choose to go to that bar or not, right? Yeah. Um, But as long as what's in the glass is delicious, for me personally, when I'm at home, I'm probably drinking a Miller High Life with Angostore bitters. Let's go. You know, it's it's whatever you want at the end of the day. We're making cocktails for you, not for us.
0: Totally, and I, I fully agree with you. And now when it comes to, you know, the fact that after seeing so many people running around in different bars, you know, everybody feels like they could just do a, consultant, a consulting role. And a lot of times they haven't had enough experience with the wide varietal of spirit that's out there yeah. or know it as deep and well as others do. And the cocktails wind up coming out to kind of be one-dimensional throughout the cocktail menu where quickly... How many cocktails do you feel like should be on an average cocktail menu? Eight
3: to ten, and that should that. include maybe two N.A.
0: Love that. Here for it, right? And we have this discussion a few times yeah. as well, and I yep. think we all kind of sit in that area too where a lot of people start to overdo it. But
3: Well, it's also just because, like, if you start listing listening classics and stuff, it just gets really confusing for the consumer, in my opinion. Like, I look at a menu, I get very overwhelmed, and I... I usually don't order anything on the menu. I'm like, give me a Miller highlight.
0: Cheesecake factory effect. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
3: No, absolutely. Also, some of the best hospitality staff you'll ever get come from the cheesecake factory. At the Cheesecake Factory. When I was in
2: culinary school, one of my instructors said, that's a fantastic place to go work and learn because their menu is so massive and they do everything with the same standard. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's what I'm saying. I will go to Applebee's. I'll go to all those places, y'all. We do not discriminate out here. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know, know if I'm going down Applebee's,
1: but i I'm re- go, I'm go to the Cheesecake Factory. I'm regular yeah, at the Cheesecake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I've been recently frustrated because they said the last time I got there, they, you know the Buffalo Blasts that they have yeah. on the menu? And made they, they said they didn't have them. And I said, "This is like a, anymore." One of the only reasons I come here is for that <laughs> buffalo blast. They
3: they don't have them anymore. No, they said
1: they couldn't. I said, "Why don't you have them?" They said they couldn't get the um, the the wonton wraps that they use for the uh. thing. They said we haven't been able to get them in, and that like shook me a little bit because I was like. <laughs> What do you mean? You haven't been able to get them in. You have like a scratch kitchen get it. with like everything. You're making pan, like everything you make to order. You can't figure out how to make a long time like a long you know time Justin? wrapper. And then Mike made it like that weekend. Like he's yeah, like yeah. he made the Buffalo Blast, and I'm like, why can't they do this? I was like, I don't understand.
0: <laughs> well, sorry, it's a tangent. No, I, no, it was a good tangent. Thank you for getting that out. Now it's through you. We can continue I've, our day. Uh, bring, that, but, Justin, bring back Justin. He was bringing
3: you a great pain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so 10 cocktails to a list, right?
3: Yeah, I think two, so. two non-apolic. And uh,
0: what I was circling to with a lot of the young guys coming in to say, oh, I'm a consultant, I do consulting. They don't really understand, too, though, is that you need to have a well-roundness of cocktails on a cocktail list in general to kind of tell this story to some extent. Yeah. And furthermore, understand the caliber of people that are working in the space and mm-hmm. where their knowledge and level abilities 100%. are. 100 because if you make this crazy cocktail list and you're like, this thing deserves awards and the bartenders can't get behind it because they don't really understand it. Or they it, can't
3: execute it. Correct. Right?
0: Then it just goes to shit. If it and, doesn't
3: scale well.
0: Correct. And these are all things that are super important when you're talking about you know, consulting for different companies. I mean, you know, running around the city too, for example, people that don't really have cocktail lists set up where you see like three of classics on the cocktail list as the cocktail list, which arguably now we say they don't need to be there. Everyone knows they exist. And yeah,
3: I think if it's three, that's okay. But we're talking like 20 yeah, yeah. classic cocktails that are listed in addition to 10 specialty drinks, in addition to the N.A.'s.
0: To be fair, I was just at the Roosevelt Room in Austin, Texas a couple days ago and there was about about 60 classics listed on the board divided by era and it was a beautiful thing
3: i love justin Lavenue, so uh, justin shout out to you you're my boy um but that works for their concept because that's what they're known for right
0: so exceptions to rules
3: work. yes
1: and i think that's the most important thing for a consultant to understand is that you're working inside of a concept it's not what the consultant wants to do it's like, you're coming in to work a bar program, you have to look at the whole place and say, what it works here, yeah. like, what, what's the menu look like, what works with that menu, what works with the atmosphere, what's, what works with the staff.
2: What's gonna be approachable for the clientele. What's gonna be approachable for yeah. the
1: clientele, like who's drinking this, you know, like, and a lot of consultants don't know how to do that.
3: If you wanna <laughs> make a list for you, open a bar.
0: And let's say this too, right? Say Justin hired you in, to come over here to Smokehouse and put together oh, a list.
3: that'd be really nice, Justin. Uh, considering, <laughs> it's a barbe- yeah.
0: considering it's a barbecue restaurant, we're going like things- to have a conversation. So. <laughs> one of the first things that goes through your head, though, too, is like charcoal, because barbecue.
3: Yeah, I actually did a consulting gig for a barbecue spot. There you go. Do you use no you made no black drinks no 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 black or white drinks okay. I think I'm, I think I'm good that. for the rest of my career yes. well you think
0: when you come to a smokehouse or something you think barbecue you think smoke yeah. in the air yeah sure you know other ways to incorporate any type of smokiness yep. into drinks, whether it be like a Smoked scotch or a scotch peach Mestal.
3: syrup. Sure. Let's put that in a smash. smash, a bourbon smash. Be Just, delicious.
0: are you taking the notes on this yeah, right you now? Should we, be. we can't have. We
3: can't do oh, that. We we yeah. I put that I on that, that menu, guys. We
0: can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> All right, so tell me about FocusOnHealth.org, too.
3: Yeah, so FOHealth.org, Focus on Health. So we uh, do health and wellness advocacy for the food and beverage industry. We basically act as a conduit. To connect food and beverage employees to health and wellness professionals, um, and integrate mindful programming and activation. So, what we're doing now, and it's transformed over the years, is we uh, appear at all the major cocktail conferences inside the country, outside of the country, um, and we, you know, we try to have the hard conversations. So we do things like no and low ABV pop-ups. Um, you know, we partner with um, health and wellness professionals to put on workout classes, educational classes. We work with an organization called Healthy Poor that does really amazing trainings, such as emotional intelligence workshops. And so we're trying our best to provide a bit of versatility. We have a resource, resource page that's come in handy um, over the last few years. And I mean, here's the thing. We rely on subject matter experts. We rely on collaborations because I am by no means a health and wellness professional. I'm a bartender. And so we never ever, and I say this so many times, but we never ever want to come off as if we're trying to be health and wellness professionals. Um, But we've been able to really create amazing partnerships with organizations that are doing great work. And that is our way of um, really connecting food and beverage professionals with ways they can essentially improve their life, make their careers last way longer than they typically would, because that's the goal. We love what we do, right?
0: how did this team form because it's not just you on this team yeah was, i think about four of you huh?
3: yeah we have oh, a lot of these folks are folks i've worked with in the past alex jump is the co-founder amazing individual she uh most recently was working at death and co um and she leads our brand partnerships and um event production and she's doing a fantastic job and I'm just really grateful that um, I have her and Josh who um, does No Proof podcast. he's a sober bartender based out in, um, damn, where is Josh from, Columbus? <laughs> um, he, yeah, he runs the, our run club as well. Um, and so again, like really leaning into ways we can respectively highlight what everyone loves to do um, so it doesn't feel like work. Uh, we have Karina Martinez, who's a part of the team based out of uh, California, and she leads all of our like outdoor activations, really finding ways that bartenders can take advantage of what is directly available to them in their respective communities. Uh, and then Edie Burns, who's a badass, um, has a background in hospitality and service management on a global level, um, has really been great at assisting us from a, you know, an operations standpoint. So. Yeah, versatility, you know, all across the board. i really proud of what we've been able to put out there.
0: I like, uh, as, as I was looking through here too as well, I like the term harm reduction approaches. Yeah. It's clean. And uh, explain this term a little bit further.
3: Yeah, so, you know, we had a really um, amazing opportunity to work with an organization in New Orleans during Tales of the Cocktail. And they did a Narcan education training with us. And for those of you who don't know what Narcan is, um, when anyone you know consumes a drug that is, has fentanyl in it um, and overdoses, Narcan is what you would utilize to reverse that overdose. And we did this training. Alex was like, hey, I found this organization. I really want to do this. And I was like, let's do it. Not a great turnout, but the people who were there wanted to be there. And I'll tell you, I learned so much. There's so much nuanced information that I didn't even realize I'd take away. And that was when I realized, like, we should really lean into ways to have these discussions because they're so helpful. Um, But harm reduction in general really covers that. How do we safely assist and help and aid individuals who may be struggling with these types of things. Um, so it's Narcan education that's, you know, you know, having um, accessible um, and clean needles for people to use, etc. And there are a lot of programs across the country doing this work. We're trying to find ways right now to work with them um, at these major cocktail conferences. Last year, we were able to supply Narcan at 10 different bars during this major cocktail conference. And, you know, it's again, these collaborations are so important because as, the more we can make this accessible, the more we can really ensure that we're assisting. Um, because unfortunately, these things do happen. It would be really selfish and really um, silly to, to not prepare because they do happen.
0: Find out more about Focus on Health at FocusOnHealth.org. And if you need consulting work done or looking to improve your cocktail menu, head over to LPDrinks.org to send an inquiry. Enjoyed today's show? Click the subscribe button in your podcast platform to keep up with new releases, exclusive interviews, and bonus content that's sure to drop a few gems on running restaurants and improving sales. Go check us out on Instagram at Podcast. You'll find links there for all of the good stuff, including our Patreon.